everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Inside Nebraska podcast. I'm Zach Carpenter. He's Greg Smith. And Greg, what else are we talking about today but the Nebraska coach search? Um, we're at day 72 officially of the coach search. And like we keep saying, it's a marathon. It feels like two marathons rolled into one, but we're <laughs> inching closer toward the finish line. It's Monday, November 21st. And uh, we're just going to get right into it. Um, we've been talking uh, we're talking all this week about some hot topics around the coach search. Uh, Sunday, we put out a video on on our YouTube channel and on our site um, about should Nebraska announce a hire before the end of the season? Should they have already done it going into the Wisconsin yeah. game? You can check out that. Um, that's already been posted. But today, our main topic is what are the priorities, the first priorities for the new head coach, whoever it is, what does he need to do? from the moment he walks in the building what are what's at the top of his list so i have a lot of thoughts on this i <laughs> wrote down in my notes uh some of my my details and thoughts and the note the notes were longer than than normal uh for for podcast prep but greg i'll, I'll let you uh hit from the t box here uh lead us off what, okay. what do you think is the main priority for what, when a new head coach gets to town Man, this is a, there. There's a lot here, like you kind of said, with kind of you know just jotting things down. You could probably come up with a good ten at least things that you could go. But but the number one thing to me, um, is as soon as the new coach is hired, is honestly meet with the current team. And this is and this is going to be a multi layered reason. Um, one, and we know that always happens, right? That's not like something that would not happen. But but the reason is is that you're gonna want to from day one as a new coach kind of a st walk a tricky line of saying basically I'm the new sheriff in town and we got to establish the culture that I'm trying to build to and the reasons that I was hired and that sort of thing but you also have to pay respects or be respectful towards Mickey Joseph and the job that he has done over these last you know couple of months since September what 11th 12th when he you know kind of became the interim coach and so the initial thing and, and a couple of things that are always buzzwords around here, culture and buy-in, that very first meeting is going to go a long way, I think, to kind of establishing that buy-in piece of it because, and I think that'll be really important because, and it'll also depend, of course, on who the name is because you want that instant name recognition. I know a lot of fans want that, um, but don't kid yourself, that matters to players as well. Eventually, they'd have to get over it if they did not have that initial um, kind of, you know, big reaction. But I think having a meeting with the players and getting that the groundwork built or the the groundwork laid for that initial buy-in and the type of culture that you want to want to get flipped to at Nebraska is like super important to me. Yeah, honestly, I hadn't even thought about meeting with the team. I mean that 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 would be his first priority. So that that was uh, it's a good point you make because for me, one of the first priorities, if if not the first, the number one, it'd be right at the top of the list is evaluating the current roster, which we've talked about um, and Mickey has talked about in his press conferences of needing some more depth and needing more competition at certain spots. And so for me, for like from sort of an on-field evaluation, it's, it's looking at that roster, seeing uh, who fits, who doesn't, but yours kind of ties in with mine because it, it's a, uh, like you said, the buy-in who's in, who's out. This is how, this is how I'm going to run my program. This is this is sort of the lay of the land. Um, and so that's a good point. I mean, sort of along those lines, I mean, Mickey Joseph has has sort of laid a foundation for this program of 
that open door policy that we always talk about. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's, there's some trust and confidence there. Will the new head coach carry that with him? Will he, will he build on that? Or is he going to come in here and run a, a different type of ship? So um, getting in there to meet the guys and see who's in, who's out, who, um, from a character evaluation standpoint, that's important. From an on-field standpoint, it's that evaluation of the roster. And we talked about this uh, after this concert. Yeah. I wrote a column um, that's on nebraska.rivals.com about the, the Wisconsin series. They've lost the last, it's been 10 years since they beat Wisconsin, eight years since they beat Iowa. And it all starts in the trenches for Nebraska, offensive line, defensive line. Um, Iowa and Wisconsin build their program on uh, toughness, physicality, and winning in the trenches. And Mickey and Trev Alberts have both said it multiple times that one of the pillars that they want for this program is uh, is built on winning in the trenches, like winning all, winning the line of scrimmage, and so that that ties in with the evaluation uh, of every single player on the roster, and that's where uh, and we'll get to in a second of having a staff in in place becomes so important, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean the new coach. It, he's going to have a detailed evaluation uh, of notebook on every single player on that roster by uh, the first week he's in town. He might even get it on the private jet that he flies into Lincoln. I mean, <laughs> you have Vince Ginta and every other staff member who has the lowdown on all those uh, on every single player from an on-field standpoint and off-field standpoint. And I know that so a lot of people, especially on our message boards, just the fan base in general, wants wants to pretty much completely overhaul and gut the roster. But maybe whoever this new coach is, maybe he sees something in one of the players that hasn't hit their ceiling, hasn't gotten everything out of them to say, I can, I, I see something in that player, whether it's technique or uh, measurables, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. that I know exactly how to coach that player. I know how to get the most out of him, or maybe the new coach's assistant um at each position we'll be able to to look at that and say hey i know he hasn't been playing well i know he's not maxing out but i have a technique i know how to get to that player yeah and i, I think that's super important because you can't eventually and this is a, a bigger picture discussion but not for this for these purposes eventually nebraska has to get away from you know 20 transfers in a, in a given cycle and overhauling the roster in that way and they have to get back to something else that trev alberts has mentioned developmental program right and being i think he did he term it and i think this maybe at a like big red breakfast maybe a few weeks back of like the being the premier developmental program in the midwest um i think that that is something that if you want to be that and you're striving for that you have to be able to look at some of those guys on the roster and say how can i maximize what's happening here and we don't need to name them but there are plenty of guys on the roster that either had higher high recruiting rankings that you feel like have underperformed to this point in their career or guys that were even lower ranked that just need a chance to be able to get out there and play and be developed because what do we always say about Nebraska football as it relates to recruiting and development the development piece has just been missing right and so if you do have a coach that has an eye for that and he hits the ground running to evaluate the roster which he's going to have to do because you're going to not only need to know what you have on the roster and how you can get more out of guys or if you know we don't like to say this but they need to be encouraged to leave the program or you also need to do that so that you can then see what needs you have to then either go into the portal or into high school or probably juco recruiting to figure that out yeah that piece of it is vitally important and one other thing 
that I thought of when we were talking about kind of meeting the team. And you mentioned about Mickey Joseph saying that you know, the open door policy and how that has helped. And the team has kind of mentioned that too, right? One thing that the new coach would want to do, especially, and you would definitely do it if you're keeping, you know, any of these guys on, is you kind of want to pick the brains of some of the current assistants, right? Exactly. Yep. So if you're, you want to be able to go, and you would definitely do this if, like, Mickey is staying around. You want to go, like, one of the first things you're going to say in that meeting after saying you're hired, you're staying, is, so tell me about what you did when you took over that worked. Because something is, like, while the losses continue to pile up, there is something good, I think, happening under the surface with the program right now. And I think that picking Mickey's brain to figure out what those things were versus what he saw when he first came to the program um, back in, what, January or December, then what has happened? What can you tell me that I, that, that I need to know? And this ties in with, with my other priority I wanted to talk about with Mickey, but I... Wanted to, I wanted to say this point that I don't know this for a fact, obviously, um, neither of us does, but if Mickey is not retained, just the way he talks and about the players and um, how close he is with them, he calls that, he says, I see these guys as my sons. I wonder, mm -hmm. I purely wonder if, even if he is not retained, if he still would give some of his input to the new head coach. Yeah just because I know that he wants to see these players, these guys be successful. I wonder if he would still give his input just like on sort of like a out on his way out the door type of deal. Be like, Hey, right. here's so-and-so, so-and-so, this kid's a real, uh, this kid can play, this kid can't like this kid, this is a great, uh, this is a great kid. This is, this guy needs some, uh, some, um, uh, upbringing or uh, whatever word you want to use. I wonder if that would happen. I'm, I'm curious about that. But when we're talking about priorities, I, I'm not usually a proponent of the new head coach has to keep uh, one of the uh, current assistants. Right. On staff. But you talk about the player, we talk about the player evaluation and what better way to hit the ground running than to keep a guy like Mickey Joseph or a Bill Bush, Brian Applewhite even, on staff, I mean, that could lead to, this program is not gonna get turned around in the year. It might not be turned around in two years. You might be looking at a three, four year deal, but that would be a hell of a way to hit the ground running in year one is to retain Mickey Joseph, who he's on record as saying um, that he wants to stay. Uh, and I, I think just from everything you said about recruiting, he's, he's an ambitious recruiter, maybe maybe a little too ambitious at times, but uh, that's, that's what Nebraska fans are. They're too ambitious at times as well for some of the goals of this program, and you're going to get it back to some sort of semblance of what it used to be and be a competitive, a consistent competitor in the Big Ten um, through recruiting, through uh, through the ground up, and then obviously on top of that, player evaluation, which you have, you've talked about before. Um, but on top of the recruiting standpoint, if, if you retain Mickey, you have a much better chance uh, of retaining guys like Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer. You keep the recruiting class, a really good 23 wide receiver class intact, of, yep. especially Malachi Coleman, who we've talked about many times, is arguably the biggest in-state recruiting when they had they've had in the last five ten years and he's not gonna he's not gonna uh stay at least I don't think that he's gonna stay in the class um without Mickey 
involved in some sort of way. But I mean, I have I have a million other just like notes about retaining Mickey, why that would be a good thing, or um, or Bill Bush or Brian Applewhite. What are your thoughts on that? One of the things that I've I've been thinking I've been thinking about a lot here in the last few days on that point is and it's not just about Mickey but I do think that Mickey is I think clearly the top choice for someone that you would want to retain from the assistant coaching staff. I you you mentioned a good phrase keeping the hitting the ground running right. It's a compressed timetable of when as all of this has happened. There's only going to be a couple like. It'll be less than a month. We're now, wow, we're now a month until the signing period opens up, right? And so there's a lot of time. We still don't have a coach name. It won't probably happen until, you know, the end of this week at the earliest. And so you're going to not only want to keep a Mickey Joseph around, potentially a Bill Bush, potentially Brian Applewhite, so that you have that transfer of kind of knowledge and coaching. And those guys are all ace recruiters. You're also going to probably want to keep some of those behind the scenes guys, right? So we've talked, Vince Ginta is a name that has come up quite a bit um, on our various podcasts. And we've, we've mentioned him in articles before as a, the senior director of, of recruiting and player personnel, the very long title that he has, but he's a rock star at his job. He is. And so keeping a guy like that, and maybe another guy or two in that recruiting department to either, it's not just because they need to bridge the gap of this time, but also because you don't want to have to start over right and those guys are good at their job like it's not it's a situation where you know when a staff changes like this and a head coach is fired that doesn't mean that everyone in the building isn't any good like I think that what we saw with the transfer from Riley to Frost is actually abnormal and things have changed so much now because of the fact of the early signing period and the transfer portal window you're going to want to keep some of that institutional knowledge around and also like i said again i'll reiterate it there are people that are very good at their jobs um that can still be part of the solution in the turnaround for nebraska football yeah and i'm glad you hit on the point that those guys are good at their jobs as far as yeah we talk about retaining players if mickey or bill bush and whoever else is still on staff but they're also really good coaches i mean mickey yeah. mickey is seen as a recruiting guy but he's also a hell of a wide receivers coach brian applewhite's known as a, a respected really good running backs coach and bill bush you can see he inherited one, uh, one of the worst defenses in the country one probably the worst or at the bottom in the big 10 and has turned that into a respectable unit that's been playing really well every game that he's that he's been the defensive coordinator with the exception of the purdue game where things got out of hand um, and the one caveat that I wanted to mention is when you bring in a situation like Mickey's at where he was the interim coach for as long as he had, it's going to be what nine games by the time it's all said and done. And he's highly respected as the voice and leader of this program right now. And in, in that locker room, well-liked and respected by the, by the players, you have to make sure that whoever the, the new head coach is, it depends on who the new head coach is, you have to get a type A personality in there who is not going to have any sort of hesitancy or or self-doubt, nerves, whatever, um, that he is the guy, that the players are going to listen to him. And it's not when adversity hits, which it will hit hard in the offseason. Yeah, it is. naturally it happens, yeah. That they're not going to be – there's not going to be any sort of split where half the guys are looking – toward Mickey, they, they're looking toward Mickey to be a leader and half of them are looking at the, the new guy to be the leader. Like the example that 
I had been thinking about for a couple of weeks, and uh, they also mentioned this on the uh, the Gary Sharp show in the last week, of, uh, I think Wednesday's episode, whenever it was. And after they made this point, I was going, yes, exactly. Like that's exactly what I was, I had been thinking about for for a little while was the example of Dante Williams at USC last year. He took Perfect over as an coach. And then you bring in Lincoln Riley, who was an unquestioned, no doubt about it, face of the program, leader of the program, mm -hmm. was not afraid to keep on Dante Williams to his staff. He kept him and it worked wonders for them. I mean, in recruiting, um, they immediately guy, got- Guy who had been here, like <laughs> Nebraska fans well aware of him and some pushed to keep him around when he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And I, ju I just wanted to make that point of maybe that's not the norm, but that's a situation where it was pretty clear that they should keep on the guy who took over his interim and they did and it worked out wonders for them. I mean, immediately in the recruiting landscape and then going forward. Yeah, that and I think I think that's that's a great call out of, of that situation and how that can work for you and how you can kind of keep that continuity, but also keep not be afraid to keep someone that's very popular on the staff already. And I think that that it would actually and it's not a like we said it, off the top, it's not a requirement. And I generally don't stump for people to like get to stick around on new staffs. I understand how tricky that can be, but I also think that it would be an interesting show of like maturity and just kind of comforting your own skin by the new coach. If one of the first acts is to say, Hey, we're going to retain Mickey Joseph. I know he was extremely popular um, and he has a lot of backing on this team, but that is, does not have to be something that I've run away from. I can embrace that. Not every coach is comfortable doing that. Um, and so that would, I think that that would be a really positive thing. Yep. And uh, we're running a little long here, but two, two final points just to make before we get out of here is, I mean, with Mickey, it's uh, if the new head coach does want to retain him, it, I mean, it's going to come down to what he wants to do and, if uh, if the school, the new uh, the new staff um, makes it worth his while, I mean, it's going to require a pay bump and he's not a coordinator. <laughs> or I, my guess is that he will not be have any sort of coordinator title in it if if he is retained on the new staff. Um, but so you're going to be having to pay pretty penny to keep him around as a receivers coach, as a position coach, um, probably more than uh, probably higher, higher uh, dollar amount than than a lot of other position coach coaches across across the country who don't have a coordinator title in their name, but maybe he keeps the associate head coach title. He uh, has the passing game coordinator title as well in his roles. Um, and then the other thing, I mean, again, I have a, I, I mean, I have so much, so many notes on here, but trying to keep it compressed. And <laughs> one thing is that I did want to mention was um, the strength and conditioning program is going to need an overhaul. But the reason I think that we're probably not talking about that as much is because traditionally when new head coach comes in, he's going to bring in his own strength and conditioning guy anyway. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's the norm to, um, to keep the old regime there um, intact. So I just wanted to mention that as one, one final point, but anything else before we get out of here? No, I love that as a final call out. Cause I think that I, that's one of the things that I feel like it's hard to kind of talk about because you just don't ever have as, enough information about people's methods and all of that. Um, but I think that that is a, it's a huge, huge portion of what's going to have to happen um, with this team going forward is kind of revamping that. Um, and we've seen that happen. Remember a couple of weeks ago at Michigan, there was a deal, whole deal about how their offensive line kind of got together with the strength staff and said, we need to lean up and be quicker. And they've got one of the best offensive lines. Um, definitely 
certainly in the Big Ten, if not the country. So you can see those kind of turnarounds happen uh, with the good old games uh, with a new staff. Yeah, get me in there. Let me let me add them. Let, <laughs> let me teach my methods. But yeah. you know, we're uh, we're inching toward the finish line. I know I keep saying that phrase, but we really we're getting there. We are. We're uh, we're getting toward the end here. Um, last last home stretch uh, of the Nebraska coaching search again. Check us out on nebraska.rivals.com and our Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. We'll have uh, some more of these videos leading up to when the when the um, head coach is officially announced, whoever that may be, hitting on some more hot topics. So until then, for Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we will catch you guys again next time.